The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roto World Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, joined as always this Monday, or is it Tuesday, by Denny Carter. Listeners can never know. We are not allowed by NBC Legal to take you that far behind the corner and say, accidentally reveal that it's Halloween and we're waiting to go trick or treating with our children. Not That's allowed right. to reveal what day of the week it is. We're going to break down the Rams' backfield, the Cowboys' running situation, running back situation, and how it might not change. Uh, whether this time it counts. With Romeo Dobbs, because it always counts, the Romeo Dobbs. And then Denny mentioned three Ravens, each more dispiriting than the last that he apparently wants to talk about from his waiver wire column. But Denny, the only thing you ever want to talk about, it seems like to me, is Zach Wilson. Why do you trot all over the fine people of New Jersey, Long Island, New York State? And yeah. why can't you just let them tell them that their quarterback's good? Why do you always want to talk about this? Well, I'm doubling down now on Zach Wilson because there is no no other avenue for me. Okay, I, I've said for a year and a half now that Zach Wilson is definitely not a starter in the NFL. And I believe that he has proven me right this season. I mean, I know that the, the Jets have been able to take the air out of the ball for much of the season, establish it like it's like 1976 with Brees Hall and that's been that actually has worked. It's a very fragile way to approach the game, but it but it has worked. As soon as they had to chase points, and as soon as they were forced out of their comfort zone in Week Eight against New England, it all fell to pieces very predictably. And Pat, I have to tell you that I took much pleasure in seeing <laughs> cracks in the armor of Jets fans who had steeled themselves for honestly for for eighteen months now. Against any criticism of Zach Wilson, they said, no, wait a second. What is this? What is going on here? Who is this guy? He's the guy. He's your guy. He's the guy you've been defending. It's just that he was exposed. Oh, no. He hit him with the exposed. That's my favorite sports word, to be honest. And they have fully exposed the Brooklyn Nets to as Mike Breen talking. (laughs) Um, That's good. It is one of my favorite sports words. And. I mean, it's hard to say Zach Wilson got exposed because has he ever been like, you know, yeah. not exposed? <laughs> um, like, but I couldn't decide, by the way, my angle in this game, I couldn't decide if it was funny or sad that, you know, the Jets are on this four game winning streak. The fans are feeling optimistic for the first time in forever. And then the worst New England Patriots team of the 21st century yeah. 
easily ends their winning yeah. streak. <laughs> right. so kind of, they talk about a rug pull. That felt like a rug pull. That's the thing is that the Patriots are not good. Like they're, they're not good. And they, and they still won. I know that the, the final score was closer than the game actually was because the Jets came back a little bit, scored a late touchdown, I believe. I don't know. I've never watched a game. So that's, that's what I heard. But uh, you know, uh, Zach Wilson was terrible. If, if you look at the numbers and that's, and I do look at the numbers, um, over the past two weeks, no one has a lower completion rate over expected, and no one has a lower EPA per dropback than Zach Wilson. So it is truly, truly disastrous. And honestly, like if Robert Sala is trying to save his job, and I, I, I don't know if he's there yet. I, think I don't think he's on the hot seat no, just yet. It's not. It's it's not going to. I think. I think it could. I think with a total collapse, we could be talking about. Even the total collapse. I mean, obviously, he's not on the hot seat now at five and three. No, we he's not. trying to. We weren't trying to imply that, but I think even if they finished like five and twelve, he probably wouldn't be on the hot seat. Yeah. I, think, I think it seems like one of those situations where the roster was bad enough. There's enough building blocks in place that he but, will get a third year no matter what. In in some metrics, this is the best defense in the NFL. This Jets defense. Their special teams is very good by almost every metric. Their offense can be efficient, decent, fine, usable, uh, workable. I'm trying to think of 15 other words I can describe. <laughs> if if they had another quarterback in there, and I, I know I know you know folks will say, well, you just want Flacco in there because he drops back 65 times a game. Well, maybe there's a happy medium for the Jets. Maybe there's a there's a happy medium where Flacco comes in and they don't throw 65 times a game. You know, and 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 I think that would be worse than no, even watching Zach Wilson. No, it, honestly, it's, there has to be there has to be some way to propel this team into the postseason. I believe this is a this is a playoff team. This is a wild card type team if they can get halfway decent quarterback play. And right now they don't have it. Well, it's it's just it's the other like part of that equation too, where it's not just the poor quarterback play. It's just we it highlighted Sunday's highlighted just what a special young player Brees Hall is because yeah they they can't that formula will not be replicated the rest of the season James Robinson is not the lightning no. to Michael Carter's thunder and Michael Carter who in theory can maybe be the lightning just isn't that kind of player and I don't know what they're gonna have to do they're gonna have to go behind like door number four they've got to find like some speed element to to complement like the pass catching to complement the power and I just don't think it's there and. To the Jets, uh, so good. Uh, something one something I always harp on: good teams beat bad teams. So the Jets were beating bad teams, but the the, the winning streak you know, was fueled by beating Brett Rippon, uh, by beating Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky, by beating whatever this version of the Green Bay Packers is. Where yeah. it was already kind of a bit of an illusion. Brees Hall was not a bit of an illusion, uh, and there was nothing, yeah. n- no nothing behind door number two on Sunday for the and. It's yeah. It's just I don't. I, I do not think the Jets will be making the playoffs. I will say that. Yeah. No. I. I. It doesn't seem that way. But I will say that they could have a a, a very decent offense, like with Garrett Wilson, if Elijah Moore were used at all. I mean, Elijah he might be Moore, traded by the time people listen to this. Show. I know. I know. <laughs> and I understand that 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 relationship has soured to the point where I don't think it can be repaired. So I understand that. But I also like you know in a in in a vacuum. Okay, which is the greatest way to start any argument in a vacuum. If you were able to have Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, and Elijah Moore on the field at the same time, that's a pretty good trio. So I, I do think that they have the personnel to make a postseason push, but they can't get there 
if if Zach Wilson is forced into these pass-heavy game scripts, and I think that will happen. I mean, th- this week they are set up for a massacre. We'll say who they're playing. They're what, don't say who they're playing. No, say who they're playing. So the people know against, against Buffalo playing the Buffalo Bills. It's going to be bad, and yeah, it's, the formula will get further exposed. The, exposed. Yeah, we, we we're going to have to come up with a new word. It'll be beyond exposure. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, producer Adam points out. Uh, Jets coach Robert Sala is the fourth best coach of the year odds, and you're trying to put him in the hot seat. Uh, yeah, all right, uh, yes, uh, Adam, you're uh, you're right to throw throw the odds out there because uh, it, it it would uh, there is no scenario where Robert Sala loses his job. I will say that Denny's just he's just a hater. He's just an absolute. I, I hater. am. I also I also have a, a, a an ongoing tiff with some Jets fans. Denny, if you're a Jets hater, um, it's probably not a secret to a lot of people who follow me on Twitter. I'm a bit of a Rams hater. Um, you are, <laughs> well, and and thankfully, there's nobody to push back. There is. Well, there actually are, but really? uh, there's no Chargers fans. I've never once had a Chargers fan come back at me because oh, okay. they obviously don't exist. They don't. The Rams fans, they may be small in number, they are loud in their typing usage. Um, mm-hmm. They do come at me on not coming at me this year uh, because man, I I don't know if you saw the scene at SoFi Stadium. Oh man. But, it, it, it quite literally is like 75% 49ers fans. That's so demoralizing. Insane. So, so demoralizing. It takes me no no pleasure, really, to be honest, because while I'm a Rams hater, while I took it quite personally, when they left what some might argue is my declining Midwestern town and moved to sunny Southern California, I did take it personally. But I liked Sean McVay. I like Matthew Stafford. I like Aaron Donald. Well, I'm not, I don't know. Aaron Donald sure does beat up a lot of people. <laughs> Uh, but uh, it seems like he's provoked a lot, though. He's frightening. He's kind of a scary guy. Uh, I liked Cam Akers. Uh, you know, I like Cooper. Uh, I guess I kind of like Cooper Cup. <laughs> I don't, I don't, uh, Cooper I mean, Cup. What, what's not to like? I don't know. Uh, I mean, maybe just cover him one time ever. I've uh, I've never heard him talk, so I actually yeah. don't. Know. He actually seems kind of nice. Yeah. Um, you know, I like a lot of the individual personalities in the Rams, uh, but man, the Rams are. So the Rams came out of their bye week, you know, kind of they went into their bye week with a win over the Carolina Panthers, kind of a nice reset game. They have their bye to totally reset their season and they come out and the plan was give 12 touches to someone named Ronnie Rivers. Um, <laughs> you, you love Ronnie Rivers. I do. I, I am obsessed with this. Um, <laughs> someone named Ronnie Rivers outtouched Daryl Henderson 12 to 6. Mm-hmm. Outtouched him 10 to 2 in the first half. So this had nothing to do with garbage time, of which there was an entire quarter of which Sean McVay got Cooper Cup injured during um, one of the poor court coaching decisions I've seen all year. And Sean McVay immediately after the game was like, wow, I do. I wish I had not done that. Right. Uh, he was really, he was offered an immediate mea culpa on having Sean C- C- Cooper Cup was running routes with one minute left in the game. That was 31 to 14. Really stunning um, stuff. But clearly no faith whatsoever in Dale Henderson. They're trying any running back, not named Dale Henderson. Do fantasy managers need to add Ronnie Rivers? Or is it still just wait, wait, wait for Kyron Williams, who could be back as early as this week? I mean, Cam Akers could be back as early as this week. Yeah. It, if if he is still there past the trade deadline, which is November 1st, I guess, what, Tuesday? So if he's still there, you're not, then... You're not allowed to say that. Uh, right. Um, uh, we, today is Tuesday, maybe, perhaps. Yeah, it could be. Uh, we're looking into it. But it's... I really, I really am of the mind that most fantasy managers, unless you're super down bad at running back, can kind of write off this backfield. Because we're talking about five guys 
who may or may not be active in a given week, whose roles are completely undefined. You have Malcolm Brown taking goal line carries. You got two goal line carries in the first half. So okay. the game was still in doubt. And again, have, this is with, with Daryl Henderson, you know, totally healthy, by the way. Right. Daryl Henderson, who seems to be in, in, in week eight, was the passing down back, but got virtually no early down work. That was that was Ronnie Rivers, uh, you know, workload. And then, you know, uh, Akers coming back. They have expressed some excitement about Kyron Williams. He is the the one guy I would want to roster in that backfield going forward because I, I think that there is a, a, a very narrow avenue to, to him emerging as maybe not a workhorse, but the lead back, you know, the de facto lead back. Another another thing, again, you know, that that's that's hurting all of these guys is that the uh, the Rams have the fifth highest pass rate over expected in the league. Like they're not they're not trying to run it and they can't run it and they're so bad and you know and the, another thing is their defense is so bad right now at least that they're they're not playing with leads where they can actually run the ball or or at least pretend pretend to run some sort of balanced offense they can't even do that so i i do think that fantasy managers would do well to look elsewhere kind of like what i was saying with the the ravens backfield when they're all healthy it's just a mess so are we saying to drop Daryl Henderson? Uh, if you need room, uh, you know, if, if you if you if you're struggling between him and another guy who you don't know if you can drop to pick up somebody else or this week, yeah, I, I think that I think that you can. Uh, Ten team leagues, he should not be rostered. Uh, Twelve team leagues, I think you try to hang on. I do want to say one thing for Ronnie Rivers, real quick. He is a real person. Yeah, he is. He, okay, let me. Just, I want to do a quick spiel before you get into your Ronnie Rivers. He's a twenty-three-year-old undrafted yeah. rookie. He's five foot seven. He went to Fresno State. He was signed by the Cardinals after the draft, then cut. Signed by the Seahawks and cut on August twenty-eighth. He was not signed to the Rams until September fifteenth. So this is an undrafted rookie who's already been cut twice. Who? This is how desperate the Rams are. He's now the Rams feature back. As they wait on Kyron Williams. Right. Five years at Fresno State, 3,400 rushing yards, 51 total touchdowns, uh, 150 catches over those five seasons. So, uh, you know, productive, but uh, not the kind of guy who becomes usually a lead back. I mean, five years, five years. In five the, years in is and two too many, or maybe three too many. Very to slight of frame. Uh, it's just, uh, I, <laughs> and then, you know, Cam Akers. I'm not. I'm not entirely disinterested in Cam Akers if he comes back and they want it and they want to try it again. I don't that seems like that's not happening. No, I mean it's very very small chance. I, it's it's a small chance that he'll ever see the field again for the Rams. So to the, so uh, Daryl Henderson, I think ideally you try to keep him in a 12 team league, but we know that ideal kind of is out the window at this point. It, we're eight weeks into the fantasy regular season. A lot of teams are now in position where they're like fighting for their lives. They have to like maximize their roster every week. They can't really be thinking ahead to the playoffs. If you're in that kind of situation, I, it's hard to see how, how cutting Daryl Henderson will come back to haunt you. Um, right. Ronnie Rivers, I mean, I guess in a 12-team league, if you're just totally desperate at running back, I guess maybe you take a flyer on him. But you can almost totally ignore Ronnie Rivers too. Cause it, like I think we both agree. It's just all about waiting on Kyron Williams. If Rivers had gotten the goal line touches, I would be way more interested because th- those are the things we need. We need receptions and we need uh, touches inside the 10 yard line for running backs. We got neither of those things with Ronnie Rivers. Uh, so he's, he's the classic, what we call a trap back. You know, he's getting yes. all the empty calorie stuff between the twenties 
and that's not going to get you any fantasy points. Like he could have 10 carries, 12 carries a game and score three fantasy points every week. You, uh, so there's a YouTube video of Ronnie Rivers, an eight minute interview where he just talks about how much he looks up to Chase Edmonds and being a trap back and how <laughs> that's what he's modeling his game after is he wants to get you know enough work where it seems like he should be relevant but not enough high-value touches where he, he can ever, ever score fantasy points for you. I see you've been grinding YouTube again. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Ronnie Rivers, yeah, probably a scam. Kyron Williams, probably a scam too, but they have clearly put all their eggs in the Kyron Williams basket. So, and again, yeah, it seems like he'll probably come back this week. Yeah, he's available in half of the league, so people should pick him up for sure this week. Denny, people who have been rostering Tony Pollard all year have been getting decent flex usage. They've been waiting for Ezekiel Elliott to finally miss a game. You know, not that we like root for that sort of – we actually don't root for that sort of thing. But Ezekiel Elliott misses the game. Tony Pollard scores three touchdowns. Every dot is connected. Mm-hmm. Except for Tony Pollard still only handles – so Tony Pollard's played 54 career games, Denny. He has never once handled 20 touches. Right. Uh, he reached 15 yesterday. That's a number he's only reached eight times. It seemed like they basically didn't change their Tony Pollard usage at all. They view him as like a true – that's not – that's overstating it, obviously. But in terms of like the workload he can handle, uh-huh. they didn't change at all. You know, this is a game where they score 50 points. They're in like garbage time mode for quarters on end. And they still worked very hard to manage his workloads. And yeah. It just seemed like this lane is not changing. They view him as a true, true change of pace back. Someone who comes in and ch- changes up the looks yeah. the defense they're seeing. Or just maybe a smaller guy that they don't think can hold up the way Ezekiel Elliott can. And so as good as this game was, the Cowboys are now on bye. Ezekiel Elliott will probably be back in week 10. Is there just – has anything at all changed in the Cowboys' back? I'm asking this in the most leading fashion possible. Yeah, right. But has right. anything at all changed in the Cowboys' backfield? Uh, I will quote Jerry Jones in saying no. Nothing has changed and nothing will change. Uh, at, immediately after the game, all the Cowboys brass – Quite literally uh, immediately. <laughs> flocked to the defense of Zeke and said, hey, whatever you saw on the field today was fine, but it doesn't matter. Nothing, none, none of that matters. We're, we're sticking with Zeke as our RB1. As, as Zeke goes, we go, which is a really, really bleak situation. It's very bleak, yeah, from Cowboys PR man George Orwell. Um, <laughs> don't believe what you saw from Tony Pollard. Don't it's, believe uh, you, Yeah, you definitely, definitely want to instead, you know, have your, your quarterback go as your team goes or, or your team goes as your quarterback. You don't want to, you don't want to link it to the old running back who gets three yards of carry. Uh, I mean, Tony Pollard is is a change of, of pace back who is extremely explosive. He is now uh, second behind only Ken Walker in breakaway rate per pro football focus. Um, he has nine runs of over 15 yards um, on, on just 81 attempts. You know, I mean, nine, nine 15-yard runs, it would take Ezekiel Elliott seven years to, to, to get that many. So uh, maybe more. Anyway, Pollard is not is not changing. It was nice to get that. That that's what that's what you were hoping for. You were hoping for one or two or three maybe of those games, but you know, pump the brakes on thinking that that's going to change the minds of anybody in Dallas. It's not. And maybe it's a good time with the Cowboys and buy. Maybe a good time to sell high on Tony That'd Pollard. Be, that's actually a great call, I think. Uh, uh, not I mean, to get too galaxy brain about him. He's he's a well, good player who will continue to help your team. But he will never be more valuable than he is right now. That's right. And, and and if if you if you have someone in your league who is really hungry for running backs and say, okay, like yeah, yeah, I saw that guy, the Pollard guy, he scores three touchdowns the other day, and you're and you're going to give him to me? Okay, sure. If you have someone like that in your league, you 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 go with it. Now, folks, you know, savvy folks who are listening to this show would Not in my league. rebuff that 
and and then file a lawsuit. Yeah, I mean they already have, but we we we're getting an injunction, not an injunction. I'm <laughs> like I have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, we're lawyers first and foremost, yeah, but uh, no, we're going to beat that back really easily. We got a really really talented legal team, um, and so yeah, there's plenty of leagues, guys. Where trust me, people will do this. So try to trade Tony Pollard, yeah. Denny. Romeo Dobbs, four catches, 62 yards, a touchdown against the Buffalo Bills, seven targets. The yards, the second most of the season. Uh, this time it counts, question mark, for Romeo Dobbs. <laughs> yeah, all it took was everybody else getting hurt in the Packers offense, and then this time it counted with Romeo Dobbs on Sunday Night Football on NBC. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he – let's see here. His usage was really great, 31 routes on 35 dropbacks. For Aaron Rodgers, uh, no one ran more routes. Uh, he led all receivers in targets. Uh, of course, Christian Watson left that game early. I, I really, I thought it was a Ooh, Christian Watson game. Man. I really, I, I felt, I felt like, like this was going to be a breakout game for Christian Watson, and uh, he unfortunately suffered. Before you get on the Dobbs, yeah, it's like this is a concussion. This isn't like an injury-prone type of thing. No, but like when these rookie receivers get hurt in the spring or training camp, yeah, it is like. It, it, it's always like an eight ball. They just like can't get out from behind. Like it, it almost like if you see a rookie receiver hurt in the summer, there are some Odell Beckham exceptions, but mm-hmm. man, oh man, it just seems like they get behind the training eight ball and just can never, ever catch up as rookies. And it, it happens so, so often. So I, I think from a non analytical viewpoint, which is not exactly my expertise, but I'm going to go with it for a second. Aaron Rodgers came out and as you would say, subtweeted Romeo Dobbs this, this week. And he said, we need to get other guys involved in the passing offense because the guys who are out there right now are not getting it done. He was only talking about Romeo Dobbs who had make, who had made a number of boneheaded errors in the pat in the two games before this pass game against the bills uh, fumbles, drop passes, a drop pass in the end zone on a perfectly thrown ball from Aaron Rodgers two weeks ago. So, uh, you know, really tough action for for rookie receiver, especially working with Aaron Rodgers in this organization that does not particularly love rookie receivers. I think that Romeo Dobbs responded really well against the Bills. He had a, a circus catch in the corner of the end zone. Uh, he had another great sideline catch um, against, uh, I believe it was against double coverage. Anyway, uh, he came he came through. He did everything he could to earn Aaron Rodgers confidence back again not exactly analytics but if if it if it puts him in good graces with the big man and I'm not talking about God I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers then then <laughs> it, then, then that then that's good with Rodgers by the way yeah I mean a lot of people find that unbecoming these days and I guess it probably is unbecoming the way he just like directly called out his teammates it did used to be a lot more common and it used to be a mind game yeah that was played like all the time by coaches and quarterbacks yeah. and the media that is like very steadily faded in the 21st century. And yeah, it seemed to kind of work for a week. Uh, yeah. It was four catches, but something, by the way, my Aaron Rodgers thing that you may have seen me tweeting about this. Yeah. Like uh, maybe just do that all the time. Like in the fourth quarter, I know he's getting some soft looks, but he was like converting big passes down. the. It was almost like he finally accepted, like these are who the guys are that I'm throwing to. Yeah. Like it was yeah. almost like he just finally accepted it. It's like, fine, I will throw the ball to Samari Toure. Like, fine, I will throw the ball to Romeo Dobbs. Fine, I'll even throw the ball to Big Bob Tutty, Big Bob Tunyon. And it almost seemed like he was playing. They were down two scores in the fourth quarter, three scores actually. Um, but it seemed like he was finally just cutting it loose. 
like, dude, yeah, this, you got to move on. Like, I know you're not happy about the way like the summer went, like understandably. So your football soulmate said he'd rather go just be terrible with Derek Carr. That, that will sting. I will yes. admit that will sting, but you got to get over it. This is who you're throwing to. And like, and yes, uh, I, I kind of stinks. They're going to drop 60 to 70 yard touchdowns with alarming frequency. Like we're talking yeah. alarming. Um, the amount of 70 yard touchdowns Aaron Rodgers receivers drops is genuinely alarming. Yeah, but it's right. just going to happen, and you got to get used to it. It's uh, it's definitely in like the twenty range. Of it's numbers. here's over the past five years. I mean, it's like maybe it's just because Aaron Rodgers attempts more of those throws, so we notice it more. But man, if you're a Packers wide receiver, I would consider. I know Aaron Rodgers can be kind of a jerk, but if you're wide open and he hits you, I would consider catching it down. I think we notice it because Rodgers puts it right on his guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's never like, oh, it's just a step too far. No. Slightly he, underthrown. <laughs> he doesn't miss ever no. on those throws. No. It's pretty, pretty incredible. I know that, you know, he's not exactly at his peak right now. I know that he probably is on his way out uh, career-wise. I get that. But, man, I mean, at, at his best – I don't know if there's ever a, be- a better pure passer than Aaron Rodgers. I, I digress, but still. No, there's never a better. There's, I don't think there's. I've ever seen a better drop in the bucket, like downfield passer especially. Like you said, it is like he's dropping it mm-hmm. in a bucket. And yet just to further, I felt like Aaron Rodgers this year, uh, Zoomers on, literally won't remember this, but there were times when Kobe Bryant, you know, would just would stop shooting because he'd be tired of like the media. Like, why does Kobe shoot <laughs> 40 times a game? Yeah. So he would very passive aggressively go like two yeah. quarters without shooting and like only be passing. And I kind of feel like Aaron Rodgers has been doing that like all year. And it, it seemed like last night I finally saw him cutting it loose a bit. And I know I'm oversimplifying it, but it almost seemed like he finally came to an acceptance and maybe we'll see him playing a little better down the stretch. I don't know. Probably yeah. really projecting here. Hopefully. Um, Denny, the Baltimore Ravens apparently have every single player you want to talk about this week. <laughs> Let's start with Kenyon Drake. Gus Edwards looking very unlikely for week nine, correct? Am I wrong? Well, about he, he's that? listed as questionable, but I feel like Harbaugh coming out this early, it's a Monday night game against the Saints, right? He, he's coming out on Monday, the, the previous Monday, and saying, uh, you know, he's questionable with the hamstring injury he picked up. I just, I feel like there's like a really small chance of him playing this week, but that maybe that's just me assuming. I don't and know. the Ravens have not had much luck pushing their luck with injuries. So exactly. Far. Yeah. That's another thing. So that makes Kenyon Drake a thing. Once again, two weeks after I told you not to pick him up, I'm now telling you to pick him up uh, because, well, okay. So here's, here's the difference. Um, last week uh, and the week before, really, when, when Edwards had a nice game, uh, 16 carries, two touchdowns uh, against someone, the Bengals or the Bear, Browns, the Browns. And uh, uh, Drake was the, clearly the number two back. He had 11 carries in that game. So Drake came in for Gus Edwards against Tampa last Thursday and served as the workhorse. Okay. Like justice Hill was hardly involved at all. Drake ran almost all the routes. Um, He saw the only targets among running backs uh, for for the Ravens. He saw, uh, you know, a a good number of carries here. Here's the, here's the thing that's that shifted. The other thing that shifted the Ravens in three of their past four games have been way under pass rate over expected, right? Like, like, they have tilted uh, almost to the extreme to the, toward the run. Uh, and, and that, that, that is really, really changed the way this offense produces fantasy points. Lamar can still get there because of the rushing, but uh, it, it, it lops off a lot of routes 
for Andrews, for Duvernay, for everybody. For Bateman is going to be out. We'll talk about him in a second. But it should get it should fuel some opportunity uh, for Kenyon Drake in this game in a game that they should be able to control against the Saints. So you just spend three minutes on the Ravens running game. You're talking about how there's fewer routes. And then you inform me you want to talk about Devin Duvernay and Isaiah Likely. <laughs> right. Um, well, so now, what are the, what are the cases talking. for Devin Duvernay and Isaiah Likely, Denny? Well, Mark Andrews uh, suffered a shoulder injury last Thursday against the Bucks. Uh, apparently, it's nothing, although it seemed like something. It's, um, it's definitely something because it happened in the second quarter and then he did not return. I mean, he immediately left. He was immediately declared out and uh, he was seen in street clothes. Uh, he was, of course, already dealing with a knee injury. He had, Right. He has the knee. And another factor on top for all these Ravens injuries, they have a bye in week 10. Mm. So it's kind of like the classic. Yeah. Maybe this is hold them out week nine. We have the bye. Try to get them actually healthy instead of the fake healthy. We keep getting them and getting them immediately re-injured. Right. So that is it, with any Ravens health decision this week. Keep in mind that they do have a bye in week 10. Right. So Isaiah likely who as uh, sickos who play preseason DFS will know uh, is pretty good. Like he is kind of a, a, a wide out and a tight ends body. Uh, he ran uh, a ton of routes after Andrews exited that game against the Bucks. Uh, he had six catches on seven targets for 77 yards and a touchdown against Tampa. He was targeted on 20% of his routes, which is, you know, it's not fantastic, but it's not terrible. Honestly, for a tight end, it's, it's actually decent. Um, I think that likely would become like, uh, I'd be pretty confident plugging and playing him if in the 12 team league, if Andrews misses this game against the saints. Now the saints are a tough tight end matchup, but I just, I just think his role in, in the offense would basically be as the wide receiver too, maybe maybe even as the the top pen, pass catching option with with Bateman out and and with Andrews out, I could see likely leading the team in, in targets. Now that I talk myself into it, yeah, Lamar Jackson had eight second half completions against the Bucks, and three of them were to Isaiah Likely. One of them was a touchdown. They clearly love the tight end position. They love to target the tight end position. So it'll it'll feel like. Like like obvious dot connecting, but that's because it, it, it is this obvious dot connecting. <laughs> it, and it can, it can be easy. Yeah, sometimes. it can actually be easy. And Mark Andrews, someone to really, I wouldn't be. I think they're going to hold him out a week. Like, why would you not? I, I wouldn't be shocked if if he were held out. I mean, he was already they, like seemed like he could barely move with his knee. Right, right. They they have to have him. Like they 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 that offense does not work without Mark Andrews no. as the focal point of the passing game. And man, so they've had three questionable players playing in week eight, and all three of them immediately re-injured. That includes Rashad Bateman, who's now multiple weeks with his foot injury, which has made Devin Duvernay live in fantasy. You may not like it, but this is what peak like waiver wire plug and play performance <laughs> looks like. Isn't correct anymore? No one likes it. Okay, no. let's just let's just be honest. But you know, last week uh, Duvernay saw six targets. He caught four of four targets. Um, I'm sorry. He saw six touches. Maybe I said that six touches caught all four of his targets against Tampa. Uh, he scored on a, on a rushing attempt. Obviously that's not something that we can bank on, but when Bateman was out from week four to six with the foot injury that he then re-injured uh, from weeks four to six, Duvernay led Ravens receivers in uh, routes and was targeted on 22% of those routes. That's the second highest on the team behind Mark Andrews at 26%. Uh, again, that shift to the run really dings everybody's opportunity. Like we saw that we've seen this with Jets pass catchers. 
like just pass catchers were really fun for fantasy until they weren't until until they were running 12 routes a game and um, until the cotton daddy came back in week eight yeah and i'm i am writing him up for the waiver wire piece you can find on nbc sports edge.com tomorrow uh but yeah so duvernay is like a wide receiver he's told people it's monday i you know it, it's wednesday actually <laughs> so, okay good, good on the east All right, coast sorry continue uh, so Duvernay is like a wide receiver, like low end wide receiver three, four. Be, just, I mean, yeah, I'd say wide receiver four. Okay, okay, because because I mean, I'm not. I'm doing the rankings. I can't imagine any scenario where I have him in the top thirty six. To be honest, right, right, and, and and honestly, he's not even running that many downfield routes. Like he, he's a, he's a burner. Like he's he's definitely very fast, but they're not using him as a deep threat at all. He's very very fast. He was shot out of a cannon on that rushing touchdown. Yeah. A very elite return man, but. I mean, maybe I'm speaking too soon. I do have a hard time envisioning him in the top 36, mm-hmm. but no, stranger things. Well, with, with with what six teams on a bye? I don't know. Is this, is this the six team bye week this I week? I believe it is six, six oh teams are on a bye. Oh boy! Um, one of whom we will talk about after this: the San Francisco 49ers. We'll be right back. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley. For the love of home. It's a weekend of must-watch events on NBC and Peacock. It all begins with the horses and the Breeders' Cup Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, followed by Tigers. Clemson Tigers taking on Notre Dame and South Bend and capped off with Saturday Night Live, hosted this week by Denny Carter. That part's not true. The action continues Sunday with the NASCAR Cup Series Championship at 3 p.m. Eastern and wraps up with the Titans battling the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. All of it on NBC and Peacock. And don't forget, download the Rotorold app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It is available in your app store today. Yeah, producer Adam informs us the, the Browns on buy, the Cowboys on buy, Broncos mm-hmm. buy, Giants buy, Steelers buy, 49ers buy, everyone on buy. Yeah, so many. Yeah, Denny uh, – Sorry, to, we we've been telling Denny for weeks he's hosting SNL this week, but it's not true. Yeah, oh, you know, I 
I did sign up. You, you, we, we you do sign around. up. Actually, people don't know this is how it works. Yeah, you. Yeah, do. we passed around the sheet of paper, and yeah. and you know, Pat Corain passed. You passed. I said, I, I'll do it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? I chose Jack Harlow over you last weekend. Do you know who Jack Harlow is? By the way, Denny, be honest. Uh, no, I have no idea. Okay, good. That's actually good. No, no offense to SNL, but um, I'm glad you don't know who Jack Harlow is. I've never, never heard that name. In my you should life. never know who Jack Harlow is. <laughs> Uh, 49ers are on by Denny, which is really, really bad news for my dynasty team, which was already very 49er heavy with Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. And then Christian McCaffrey arrived on the San Francisco 49ers, who I also have in my dynasty team. Now I have no one to play this week. The question is when the 49ers come off by, uh, is this going to be a big enough skill core for all these players? Because Brandon Ayuk had been hot before CMC got there. George Kittle had been hot before CMC got there. Then CMC comes in, 26 touches in his first full game as a 49er, dominating all the high-value touches. Yeah. You know, Debo Samuel wasn't even playing. He'll be second in line for the high-value touches. It, it is, although Christian McCaffrey is making the entire offense better, is he going to be taking away too many valuable touches from Brandon Ayuk and from George Kittle? Yeah, man, for everybody, this is, this is purely a CMC offense now. It's his ship now, whatever that phrase that oh, means. Oh, man. It's, it's, it's <laughs> look it, at me. Look at me. I, I'm the captain now. Show. I'm the, it's, show. I'm, yes. Show. And then Tom Hanks. Show. Show. Yeah. And his New England accent. He's and the captain now. Is captain Phillips, directed by Paul Greengrass, 2013 Universal Pictures. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, I, uh, I've never seen it. Sorry. It's really um, good, actually. Uh, and I think Universal Pictures talking about NBC Comcast. So, I, yeah, uh, I, I, should, I should see it in that case. I look. I don't watch the game, and I don't watch movies. That's you don't, unless there's a horror movie made before 1991. <laughs> <laughs> then you've seen it ten times. All right, back to the Niners. Uh, yeah, McCaffrey. Look at the the, the pass catching stuff is going to ruin the rest of this offense. He ran 20 routes on 29 Garoppolo dropbacks against the Rams. Right. He was targeted on nine of them. I mean, what? That's outrageous. 18 carries. Yeah, no, like like Debo is like like generously a wide receiver too going forward. Yeah, no, 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 no. I I think Debo honestly might stabilize. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think that McCaffrey's going to take a lot of those short area targets that Debo used to feast on. I don't know. Man. I will keep Debo in the top twenty four for sure. I will okay. say that. Okay, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I no, but the wide receiver one season for Debo, I think I think that's over. Uh, Ayuk will be game script dependent. He's like one of the few like really good receivers who is game script dependent because of all the weapons around him and the fact that Kyle Shanahan wants to run the ball 58 times a game, no matter what. Uh, and then, and then, uh, you know, George Kittle. So here's the thing. George Kittle is a zone buster. This is what we're, this, the, the zoomers are calling him this. Okay. He's, he's great against zone, not great against any, any other kind of defense that anybody else is playing. So, you can play. You can play horrible him as, against the box and one. What did you say? He's horrible against the box and one. I'm yeah, sorry, Denny. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Horrible joke. Which is uh, which is something I know about for sure. Uh, but yeah, M- McCaffrey messes up the rest of this offense big time, and I think folks who have Ayuk, who have Debo, need to be mentally prepared for that. And with Kittle, it's not just that he's like losing targets; is that their running game is more lethal again. And we know when their running game is lethal, a big part of that is George Kittle throwing hellacious blocks. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and Kittle's going to want to do that, which is unfortunate. But uh, you know, what, what I think we have, and you, actually you and I were in agreement on this on the on last week on the Thursday show with Kyle and, and Crane. 
I think we we're we're entering like McCaffrey ballistic mode, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. like we're, we're we're entering like prime prime CMC in Carolina with Cam Newton mode. Yeah, like his first full game of the 49ers, he became the 11th player in league history to have a passing, rushing and receiving touchdown in the same game. Yeah. So, you he, may you may be going nuclear if you have a passing, rushing and receiving touchdown. I know game. it sounds funny for the consensus number 1 overall pick in fantasy, but uh he's a league winner, turns out. Yeah. You may be going nuclear if you do that. And you also may be going nuclear if you come off by against the Los Angeles Chargers, who oh. if it were not for the Houston Texans would have by far the worst run defense in the entire league. Oh, I, is that what's happening? Because that is what's happening in week 10. McCa- I mean, McCaffrey's rushing over under has to be like 199.5. Please game. just do not pull your hamstring for no reason in Thursday's practice, Christian McCaffrey. I don't, we are, I don't want to talk about we it. We are begging you. Yeah, I hate to even put that out <laughs> into the world. Denny Terrace Marshall, uh, someone we do want to put out in the world because <laughs> someone we? we promoted forever, then we quickly abandoned the entire yeah. by we and the royal we. I mean the entire fantasy industry. Yeah. Terrace Marshall, never heard of him, never hyped him in my life, never accused Patrick Corain of uh, you know turning him and trying to turn him into a superstar. Uh, I think Corain was really high on Terrace Marshall, uh, but we're back in. I hear. Uh, what's the deal? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. He's the wide receiver two in Carolina. Now that Robbie Anderson is gone, uh, he's running nearly all the routes in the offense. Now, DJ Moore is dominating. I think he has nearly 40% of the team's targets over the past two weeks, like 50% of the air yards. So insane domination there. Uh, PJ Walker's improved accuracy and uh, downfield uh, uh, aggressiveness. He's actually He actually has, listen to this, PJ Walker over the last two weeks, fourth highest adjust, uh, uh, average Depth of target. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't think of what a dot. No, sorry, I just it always. That's another one. I, that, I just like, wow. I remember that. And uh, yeah, fourth highest a dot in the league. So he is being aggressive downfield. That's good for more. That's good for Terrace Marshall, who's out there a lot now. The, the, the Panthers are one of the run heaviest teams over the past two weeks. They desperately do not want to throw the ball. I do think that. They are going to be forced to throw the ball more often than not. And that could be good for Terrace Marshall. Look, this is the same guy who we all touted as a, as a, 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 high, a very gifted, very productive receiver coming into the league one year ago. It didn't work out. Injuries, dysfunction in the organization, who knows. But he's, he's back, and this time it counts. Was it really only one year ago? I was thinking he was like a third year pro. That's no, how fast. No, it was 2021, I think. That's yeah. how fast things move. It was 2021. That's how fast things move. PJ Walker, man. First off, we don't want Baker Mayfield to play again. No offense to Baker Mayfield, but PJ Walker looked directly in Tom Hanks' eyes and said, "I'm the captain now. Like this is his ship." I'm really um, hoping that it is his ship. Yeah. So the the hail mary he completed. First of all, you can't even call it a hail mary. The hail mary he completed to DJ Moore because it wasn't uh, like a jump ball no. that he went up and got in a crowd. It was a seed, like an it absolute seed. Fantastic. 67.6 air yards via next-gen stats. That was the longest completed wow. – uh, that was the most air yards in a completed pass in the next-gen era, which goes back to 2016. Really? Yeah. And so if you try to find anyone who's like, well, DJ Moore has come back, it was only because of the Hail Mary. So first off, it wasn't a Hail Mary. Second off, they were inches away from converting an 81-yard touchdown earlier in the game. Yeah. There seems to be something cooking here. 13 receptions for DJ Moore over the past two weeks. Are we are we back in on DJ Moore, Denny? Uh, is DJ Moore maybe in the top thirty? I think 
he's definitely back in the top 36, a.k.a. wide receiver three you're playing, especially with six teams on by. Can he get back in the top 30, maybe even the top 24? I have a tendency to get excited, as as you know, as, as listeners know. I get, I get a little too amped. So I'm trying to ratchet back a little bit on the take I want to give on DJ Moore. And I'll say that I believe, as calmly as I can, that he is a top 24 option starting now. Okay, so so I, I don't want to say that he's a wide receiver one, but I do want to say that that this new approach, this new quarterback who has been good, he's up there uh, among the league leaders in uh, in completion rate over expected. I know that's another one you love. Uh, I actually do. It is very telling. It's just very hard for you guys to say on the podcast. It is. It is really. It's hard to talk like a robot. Um, but uh, it, you know, but it, and it's and it's fantastic. Look, PJ Walker. He looks to. Uh, to more, he looks to now Terrace Marshall and pretty much no one else. No one else is getting uh, uh, Foreman, Deontay Foreman get got all the carries this week. Twenty four carries. Uh, I love that as someone who recommended him and as, as the top waiver pickup last week. Not to pat myself on the back, but uh, you know, got to do that sometimes. Uh, but D- yeah, I think DJ Moore's receiving profile is that of a wide receiver too. For PJ Walker, it's look to Moore, look to Marshall. If neither open, delete your account. And he hasn't deleted his account yet because to him, they're always open. He can get them the ball. Unlike Baker Mayfield, he's, he's throwing incredibly well. I mean, it, he not, is. It wasn't, it, it's not just that, that one ball, like he, like against the bucks, he was, he was dominant on, on those downfield throws. And we know he's got a volatile skill set, PJ Walker. There's going to be some down weeks, but if you're the Carolina Panthers who are both tanking and just trying to evaluate for future seasons, why would you not stick with PJ Walker and just see if there's something here? We thought there was something there when he was basically the XFL MVP. Now we're just seeing, and please make DJ DJ more live. Just please do it. I, I think it's happening. I think it's already happened, and and it will it will continue to happen on a bad team. Like this is still a bad team. My family needs bread. My family needs shoes. So please, <laughs> and do for it. some reason, the weekly performances of fantasy players affect your uh, <laughs> your, your income. <laughs> I do. It was affecting my income horribly, Denny, as Melvin Gordon, um, uh, yeah, yeah. who I, I know actually even have that much Melvin Gordon, but in a league after I had Javante Williams, he got injured. I traded Kareem Hunt straight up for Melvin Gordon. Hasn't gone according to plan. Um, <laughs> that would be because of Latavius Murray, who I believe you have written up in your column this week. Why is that, Denny? Well, yeah, look, it, it is it is very much a split backfield against the Jaguars this this past week. Uh, you know, Melvin Gordon started the game uh, for Denver. He took, I believe, every snap for the first two drives. Uh, Murray didn't come in until the Broncos' third drive, which was in the second quarter. And they they rotated from, from there on out. Now, uh, Latavius Murray has been more efficient on his touches, on his carries, I should say. But Melvin Gordon is, has, still has the edge uh, in with the pass-catching role uh, not that it means a whole lot, honestly, in such a terrible offense, but like uh, against the Jags, Melvin Gordon ran uh, 22 routes on 35 dropbacks for Denver, whereas Murray ran only 11 routes on 35 dropbacks. Uh, so it, it's clear like in negative game script, especially Murray is not going to get there, as the Zoomers say, uh, without without some 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 touchdown luck. But he he does he does seem to be the preferred option near the goal line in the green zone inside the ten yard line. I'll think of fifteen other ways to describe that kind of touch uh, <laughs> as we go here. Uh, so so you know for for the 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 RB thirsty among us, and I count myself in that group. 
uh, Latavius is looking not terrible. Yeah, just to the United States, we need to start treating Britain's one out. One of our, we used to be under their yoke. Now they're one of our greatest allies. They're in like almost a pseudo constitutional crisis. And we send over the Denver Broncos and Jacksonville Jaguars. Just let us apologize to the I people. Mean, the, the, the Broncos have been on my TV constantly for, for the past uh, eight weeks. To the people of Old Albion, we, we are sorry. Um, it won't happen again, except for every other time we send football games to England. It will never happen again. I mean, it, the, the the well is poisoned with the Jaguars, right? It is. And I mean, it's, it's, frankly, it's a diplomatic incident. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's already happening. Um, and, you know, they might try the British politicians, the conservative party, they might try to score some cheap, you know, some cheap political points by, may, say, banning our football imports. And could you really blame them at right. this point? No, I, I, I couldn't. Another person who was in England and presumably now back in America was Latavius Murray's teammate, Greg Dulcich. Mm. He's the guy. He's like the new Dan Arnold, except for actually good. We're required to talk about him every week. What's the angle on Dulcich this week? I'm so so excited about Greg Dulcich. Come on, man. Uh, Yeah, crazy. Like he's run basically all the routes for the past three weeks. He doesn't block. This this, This is the dream, Pat. We finally found the tight end who, A, is terrible blocking. B, it uh, doesn't doesn't isn't asked to block. Okay, he's Never out there on, on every Denver drop back. He had a pretty nice game uh, against the Jags, like four catches for sixty seven yards on on five targets. Not exactly like like huge volume, but you know he still is like the the third or fourth option in in the passing game in a in a passing game that's pretty down bad. Um, but uh, I I no I mean like his his role is very fantasy friendly. Um, like a, I would say like a Kate Otten, something, you know, things of that nature. He's in the Kate Otten zone. Although Dulcich is better than like, he's, he's actually really good. He is. And it's all, his value isn't really dependent on anyone else. Whereas Kate Otten, Cameron Brake could come back in any given moment. And whereas Greg, Greg Dulcich, he's like the leader of the Kate Otten tier at this point. He's ahead of Kate Otten. I do think that he's a top 12 tight end. Uh, I don't know. That's. Well, even as bad as, let's just say it's always harder when you actually sit down to look and be like, well, I don't know, maybe he's not a top talk. Yeah, well, he, I'm, he's, I'm putting him over Pitts. He's actually, well, Kyle Pitts scored a touchdown. I don't know if you heard. I know, I heard. To 12, top 12 actually isn't that crazy for Greg Dulcich. He, he probably will be this week with six teams on by. Well, actually, if he were playing, he would be. The Broncos yeah, right. are not. Yeah. They're on by. Yeah, Broncos country, by the way, let's ride back to America and coach Russell Wilson. You've been banished. Um, cause you kept everyone up with your, your, your knee highs on the uh, way to England. Um, so yeah, I guess, guess who's flying Delta airlines back to Philadelphia and then connecting to Denver through there. You are, cause you're not allowed on the team's private plane anymore. Uh, oh, well, Dan, we'll go a little rapid fire to end the show here. Traylon Burks, you claim maybe coming off injured reserve this week. True or not? Yeah. I mean, he has a toe, the toe injury. He should be back, uh, th- this week. He was second, in targets per route run before his toe injury. But again, like, you know, he has a decent piece of the pie, but it's a very small pie in Tennessee when we're talking about the passing game. Uh, Thankfully, Ryan Tannehill will be back and will be starting for the Titans. I mean, I'm guessing this week, but like eventually because it could not have gone worse with with Malik Malik Willis. And uh, I do think he was undermined a bit, but but with, with Malik Willis, there are no receivers you can start in 12 team leagues for the Titans with Tannehill. I think you could start Burks as like 
a borderline wide receiver three. Mm, too high. Se- seven wide receiver. He'd be wide, he'd be in the top forty-eight. Traylon Burks. So I would call him a wide receiver four. Okay, uh, that, I'll go with that. There's six teams on by this week, man, which we're gonna. I'm, I can already tell we're gonna have to say endlessly on every podcast. I don't know. There's six teams on by this week. That kind of thing. Well, it's it's but, true. I mean, you end up you know ranking guys way differently. So it's like, oh yeah, Burks is number twenty-five this week. Yeah, exactly. He's actually a, he's wide receiver eleven. He's one spot behind AJ Brown. Yeah. Um, because then one spot behind him is a uh, Robbie Anderson, and then uh, you know Richie James. Um, so that's that's who we're down to. Denny's not laughing, so I, I should stop talking. Uh, Denny Tyquan Thornton. Yeah. Um, apparently, someone in your column. Why? <laughs> because Devontae Parker. <laughs> Devontae Parker. I love yeah. Tyquan Thornton for the record. Yeah. Uh, well, so his his debut usage was like unbelievable. Um, saw like nine touches, I believe. Uh, since then, they seem to have forgotten that he's on the team. Um, I'm hoping Devontae Parker's absence will, you know, put him into. I almost said thrust him into the lineup, and I just, I just decided to not say. You wanted that. to try to pivot away from thrust. But then I went back and I said it. Uh, and then you brought great attention to the use of the word thrust. Well, I sh- I should say that Adam, our producer, can just edit that out. And no Danny, I've got three children under the age of six, and you're ever <laughs> saying the word thrust on podcast. <laughs> I hear at least two of them crying. Yeah. <laughs> so they might my, overhear this. My kids have left the house, it sounds like. <laughs> so I think I am tr- in trouble here at home. Uh, uh, guess what? We were lying to you. You actually were hosting SNL this week. But guess who's not hosting SNL anymore? Um, they don't say stuff like thrust on SNL. <laughs> no, there's never been anything inappropriate. No, you're off. All right. Well, I'll try again next week. Anyway, Th- Thornton, it's like a very like fringy type play. Um, nobody is worth playing except for Jacoby Myers, but he's going to be in my column anyway. And there's 16s on by. I don't know if you heard this. <laughs> um, you want to talk about an ultimate six teams on by play. Khalif Raymond, who I actually told you you weren't allowed to talk about, but you are allowed to talk about. Thank you. Thank, I've, uh, the 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 speech is free now. <laughs> it is. It's bad. So we're we're happy about that, and and that means that I can talk about Khalif Raymond now. For some reason, uh, my fine function. Oh, there it goes. Um, so Raymond, even your had, Google Doc does not want to talk about. It, it was Raymond. not. It was not coming up. Uh, Khalif Raymond available in 99% of leagues. I know you're shocked has solid underlying <laughs> metrics as he did for much of 2021. And by, by that, I mean like yards per route run targets per route run like that. He pops in those categories for some reason. He, he didn't, he did last season too. Um, you know, he, let's see, uh, he ran 43% of his routes from the slot this past week against the dolphins. He has 13 catches on 17 targets over his past three games in a full-time role in the lions offense he's a productive guy and josh reynolds being dinged up and not seeing the sort of targets that we're used to seeing perhaps uh has 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 freed up i think Khalif raymond as the for now the wide receiver two in detroit denny who is the qb of the week besides justin fields qb streamer i should say of the week we're not allowed to talk about justin fields even though he's under 50 percent rostered because there's a certain someone else i want you to be forced to talk about yeah, are you going to force me to talk about Andy Dalton? Andrew Dalton. That's yeah, him. Andrew. So he's D. the non-Justin Fields streamer of the week. Why is that? In in my column, I say I take no pleasure in reporting that Dalton has uh, is a is a worthwhile pickup this week. Six teams on by, folks. I don't know <laughs> if, if we've mentioned that. Um, look, 
he force feeds the Saints offensive weapons, including Alvin Kamara and Chris Olave. That that's good. That, you know, that some some might say that's great. And, and it actually it cre- he has created a way more fantasy friendly environment than Jameis Winston did in, in New Orleans. Um, he takes on a Baltimore defense that is sort of middling in a lot of metrics through uh, against the pass. I think the Ravens should be able to push the Saints into a pass-heavy script, unlike this past week where the Raiders laid down <laughs> pretty much uh, in the most worst performance by any team all season. I mean, truly, like uh, unbelievably bad. Uh, and and you know what? And Dalton still scored 18 fantasy points against them. So you know, he I think that he can be usable. You you really love him in in Superflex. He was like a free like pick up uh, three weeks ago in, in Superflex, and you can you can continue riding him. I think that he gets there again for fantasy purposes against the Ravens. We end the show with the single most important topic. I, I, I got a sneak preview. I feel like this one's very controversial. Uh, yeah. Who is your kicker of the week? All right. Hear me out. Hear me out. Please do not censor me once again. Greg Joseph. I right? actually do. I feel like I need to shout you down right <laughs> before you even get into this. Like, I, I think is Greg Joseph the worst kicker in the NFL? He's um, not. He's not having a, a fun season uh, so far. Uh, he has. He leads the league in uh, what we call missed field goals. So um, does he actually lead the league? Is, is that is yeah. not, that's not just anecdotally true? That's actually true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So. Certainly, it, it scans, as a Zoomer might say. Look, uh, <laughs> we followed the process, and the process says that the Vikings have a good match of this week against the Commanders. They are a, uh, a three-and-a-half-point favorite as of this recording. Uh, we want kickers on teams that are favored. The Commanders, meanwhile, have given up multiple field goal attempts in each of their four losses this season if Joseph can actually put, you know, the football through the crossbars somewhere between them, we might be in business, folks. The commanders love to lure teams into rock fights. It does feel like a high field goal attempt week, and he'll make <laughs> at least two of his five field goal attempts. So hopefully you're not one of those devilish leagues that where you lose points from missed field oh, goals. Yeah, no. yeah. Got to get out of those leagues. Greg, jo- It wasn't enough to send Mike Zimmer into retirement for Greg Joseph. He's now trying to do it to Kevin O'Connell. He's a very young man with a young family. Um, so, Greg Joseph, I hope you're happy. Yeah, and but you can confidently play him. You can. <laughs> and uh, I hope you're happy for listening to this podcast. It's over. We had a good time. Um, it's Monday, maybe Tuesday, perhaps even Wednesday, as Denny alluded to. Um, but thank you for listening. Check out Denny's waiver wire com, which should be live by the time you're listening to this. Not if you're listening on late Monday evening, Tuesday morning, though, it'll be up before you get your bids in on Tuesday evening. Be a busy day at the site on Tuesday, the trade deadline. Teams seem a lot more active than usual this year. Teams are finally starting to realize that a lot of draft picks are just kind of like toilet paper. <laughs> like you might as well get like an established player for them. So keep it locked on NBCSportsEdge.com, powered by Roto-World. For Denny Carter, I'm Patrick Darty. We'll be back later this week. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. One. 
two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.